Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 19 of the Elevate podcast. The podcast is out to document and elevate the human experience through conscious conversation. I'm your host, Hayden Humphrey, and I'm incredibly excited to be sharing with you my conversation with Marie Hale. Marie is a professional speaker, sales guru, and a co-founder and CEO of At Revenue. Marie has worked to revolutionize small to mid-sized businesses in marketing and sales with her agency work and her speaking. As an award-winning speaker, Marie shares her story of resilience in the face of devastation and uses it to connect audiences to their why and their inner purpose. Marie has taken her years of success and expertise to become a powerful voice for women in business, solopreneurs, and other business owners. She's passionate about helping small businesses innovate and create a sales and marketing strategy that helps their businesses grow. In this episode, Marie and I talk about her start in entrepreneurship as a professional belly dancer, how to use your value to navigate difficult times, and the importance of love in growing and marketing your business. As always, thanks so much for being here. It means a lot you've decided to spend your time with us, and I'm incredibly excited to share this episode with you. Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited to be here. I know that uh, times are crazy, so finding some time with you is a really great thing. It's so interesting. I was thinking about how when we first connected um, and planned this, like totally different uh, <laughs> state of the world, totally <laughs> different situation. And it's been so interesting too, because one of the things that I've, I've realized is it seems like, it's almost like we're in a time warp. I'm like, when did they issue the stay at home? Was that like yesterday or like a week ago or? Yeah, time no longer makes sense. It is a very fluid concept. <laughs> Um, well, I'd be curious, like what's, what's been changing and shifting for you as the outside world has done, done what it does? Well, I've got a big, beautiful 1500 square foot office that is completely vacant. Um, and I am, uh, I'm, I'm a single mom business owner. So I got very blessed that my mother is here with us during this time because I don't think I would have two brain cells to rub together if I were trying to work 12 and 14 hour days and do homeschooling. They just wouldn't work. So there are a lot of, of solopreneurs out there and, and entrepreneurs that really deserve some big high fives for mm. what's happening. I can imagine. I feel very lucky that it's just me like I'm just taking care of me and I was like I can't even imagine you know having having kids and a business and whatever else is going on so um serious props uh in in that regard um well so I I told the folks a bit about you and and some of the stuff that you're up to in the intro to this show but um I'd love to hear from you directly like what are you up to right now so we've got some really exciting things that are 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 happening really on From, from client side to internal to just showing up and meeting our, our community where it is. Um, as, a, as an organization that not only um, focuses on how we can help people continue to sell and use psychology as part of their, their, 
their sales languaging, but a marketing firm that is there to help them communicate during the best of times and then the most COVID of times, there has been some seismic shifts that we've just, we've had to step up to and either creatively find solutions to or stick to our guns and hold people together and say, you know what, this is not the spot to freak out. Trust me, there will be another spot where we can freak out, but this is not the one. So strategizing, re-strategizing and reassuring folks that people are still people. They may be thinking, feeling and experiencing things differently, but your job is to be of service to those people that trusted you in the first place. So how can we do that wonderfully? Um, and it's kind of a very, uh, a very humbling place to be when, when you realize that your job now is to make sure that the people that put their trust in you put it in the right place. Totally. Well, I hear in that like such a deep commitment to service. And one of the things that um, you know, I talked about in terms of everything that's happening recently. I think the opportunity for all of us as entrepreneurs is to be the light in the storm, in a sense, like actually like being the, you know, the, the guiding light or the North Star for folks to continue to orient themselves around because there is so much, you know, confusion and chaos and, um, you know, being able to serve people in that way and, and be a guide for them, I think is incredibly valuable. Yeah. And one of the things that has kind of sprouted up for us is with the amount of information that's out there, if as a small business owner, if you were, if you were reactionary to what was, is coming out of, even like on a governmental sense or coming out through the ridiculousness of people that are still marketing the same way that they were marketing three weeks ago or robocalling and trying to get through there's such a din of constant information and, and a pull to consume everything that people have just stopped consuming. So one of the special projects that we decided to pull together was a small business survivalist series. And we're offering it up for free. It's a webinar every Friday at 10 a.m. And we've pulled together experts that we know that are able to give real world experience and really proven advice to the folks that are either having to scrap it together on their own or that are trying to lead teams and everybody's got a different fear-based opinion about what's happening within the organization and within the marketing. And so not only has it been a huge blessing for me, because I get to find time to connect more deeply with the experts that I truly follow and, and believe and am inspired by, but to be able to take that out and share that with not only our clients and, and, and customers and our audience, but to open it up to people that have not had access to that level of, of education or resource before has just been an, it's been a blessing. We're, we're, we're very, very lucky that we're able to pull together that kind of content. Yeah, I think that, at least from what I've seen, that's been one of the 
silver linings of this whole situation is so many people looking and asking the question of how can I serve? How can I be of service, you know, for the folks who are being hit right now, um, which I think is so incredibly important. So yeah, definitely want to acknowledge the the work uh, that you're doing there. I think that's really important. Um, and in, so in, in the work that you do, you know, in looking at small business marketing and sales, you know, one of the things that you and I have talked about before is the approach that you take in terms of selling from a place of love. Um, and so I'd love actually, if you would be able to speak to, you know, a little bit around what that means to you and how you came to the place where that's now, you know, how you're operating. Absolutely. So we do a lot of talking about professional love and just to give a little bit of background um, about my business, I'd owned a marketing firm for, oh, let's, let's call it 10, 12 years here in the Chicago market. And one of the very first things that I realized was that if I didn't learn how to sell, none of this was going to be achievable. And I, I always have big goals. Um, and I was lucky enough to find a sales coach when I was 24, 25 years old, who really um, had a soft and nurturing approach to, to what sales was really about and taught me a methodology that was completely other focused. Yes, at the end of the day, as a owner, as a salesperson, it's your job to get that deal closed but not if it's not a good fit for you and not if it's not a good fit for the other person, because at the end of the day, it will tax both of you so tremendously that it won't be worth the time that you've put in. And so as we, as we grew in our businesses and um, life kind of progressed, my sales coach and I had, had been trading business back and forth for, for 10 years because inevitably he would have uh, great salespeople that didn't have good leads and I would have great leads coming in and nobody could close. And so we had the opportunity to really kind of rework that sales curriculum and dive deeper into the psychology of where humans are. are and I, I'm going to say now, and I'll put a caveat as to like now, uh, three weeks ago, um, and what it's really going to, what it really takes to support them and to, to love them enough, to just love them enough to, to ask the hard question, to say the hard thing, to say no, when in your gut, you know, it's not a good fit and you shouldn't take that client on. Um, cause that is always the one that bites you in the butt, but to really take that, what he had created and, and the organization that I had created and infuse it with, as much love and respect for the other person as possible started us on that journey. And so in 2016, um, we combined our businesses together and rebranded. And at that point we were a family with a five-year-old. And so that story of professional love really had a couple of meetings at the time. <laughs> and, um, it gave us a really great way to explain that this is different. This is not business as usual. This is not the, you know, the, the typical sales training where they teach you how to take a hammer to somebody's elbow, that your job as a business owner of quality, 
and someone that shows up with, with a heart for service is to make sure that not only you are constantly coming from a place of love, but that the people that are working with you understand that just saying yes to everything all the time is not love. Asking mm. questions so that you understand and that you're not guessing or assuming or maybe not even taking into consideration somebody else's experience or feelings, mm -hmm. that is an empowerment of love. And that is an incredible way to show up for not only your, your business community, but for your life. And it takes practice. I love that. Well, and it's, it is interesting because I think, you know, at, at first glance, it could seem counterintuitive or contradictory. You know, this idea of like, how do you bring love into a, into a sales environment or into a sales conversation? Um, you know, but I, I think I, part of the thing that I feel really lucky for is being able to connect with people like yourself. Um, I'd also had a, a couple other folks on this podcast, like Maria Ross. She just wrote a book recently called The Empathy Edge. Um, and Andy Swindler, who uh, leads an organization called Lead from Love. And uh, it's just so cool to be able to connect with people who are out there, you know, running very successful businesses who are, you know, working to shift the prevailing paradigm in business that it needs to be this hustle focus, you know, hammer to the elbow, you know, as you said, um, type approach. And instead looking at, you know, how do I look at this person that I'm serving as another human and do everything that's in, that's in service of them, including saying no, when you understand that even if the money's there and even if they're ready to pay you, you know, it's not a good fit and they're not going to get what they're looking for, nor is it going to be a very pleasant experience for you. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been a journey. Um, part, part of that journey for me is that, uh, unfortunately about seven months after we combined businesses and opened our little family business, he passed away suddenly mm. and to have to make the decision to step into his shoes and to teach the curriculum that we had created together that he was so incredibly good at was, was another decision that had to be based on love. And it was, do I have, do I have faith that this is the message that is going to change my little part of the world, which I can consider to be the small business community. Mm -hmm. And is it an investment that I can make that will have a return? And once I was, I had about three weeks to figure that out after he passed, which you can imagine was, was not a real easy decision to make. But as you start to get more in touch with how you love and how you show up and, and what your purpose is, it almost becomes a muscle mm. that you can use. Mm -hmm. And like any other muscle, the more you use it, the more, the more you are able to lift and you can lift, lift the others around you, which yeah. is when you really get to see the impact you have on other people's lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, by the way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you on the muscle piece. I think there, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, so much of building a business, recognizing opportunities, being able to sell, all of it's just a skill set. All of it's just a practicable skill set. Um, and I'd be curious for you, like, where did that start for you? Like, where did the, you know, that entrepreneurial practice or like the interest in starting your own business, like, where did that actually start? 
Oh, stories from the entirely unemployable. Um, so I moved from, from Las Vegas to Chicago when I was about 17, 18 years old. Um, and in Las Vegas, I had been a professional belly dancer because of, of course, why wouldn't I be right? And, um, so when I decided to, to kind of, uh, restart my, my professional career here in Chicago, I found out that some, at some point in the seventies, the dancers started letting the restaurants keep their tips. Anything that wasn't attached to their costume, and, and as, as if you know the, the, the culture there at all, it's ha- like very specific spots where you're allowed to, to be tipped. So it's, trust me, it's not a, not a whole bunch of money that's in there. Um, all got swept away and either went to the band or the restaurant, and that was it. And so I went from making $300 for 15 minutes to less than $75. And so, of course, me being, being as optimistic and just confidence-ridden as I am, I dove into trying to have conversations with belly dancers about unionization. And it was not the most effective conversation that I have ever had. And so, really, that was my first entrepreneurial seizure was, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let all of the hard work and the thousands and thousands of dollars I had invested just kind of go by the wayside. So I'm just going to do it myself, mm-hmm. right? Just like any good entrepreneur. And so that's when I started Shimmy Shock Entertainment. And uh, I started working with families and booking out entertainers for family and, and cultural events and, and really just kind of got my arms around what it was to, to be a business owner and to, to, work with, to work with others and to sell yourself. And I fell in love with it. And because it gave me the creative ability to not only um, build what I wanted to, but be able to see projects and and different opportunities in a much different way, Mm. it opened up door after door after door. And so I would say within, um, within about three years from that point, I was, uh, I, I had opened a medical spa in Naperville. I had become the executive managing director of eWomen Network, which was a national PR marketing and media firm. And then I opened Lipstick Logic, which was my, uh, my boutique marketing agency, because mm-hmm. I could just see in the other, uh, in the other at that time, female uh, business owners that I was working with, that there were just so many holes and mm-hmm. random acts of marketing seemed to be the name of the game. And mm-hmm. so it very organically kind of grew forth from just one decision that if I can't get everybody to come together and, and, and do it as a team, then I'm going to go and start my own team. <laughs> Starting the belly dancers union. That's amazing. Um, the, the other thing that I, that I hear in that is like practicing the ability to spot opportunities and the opportunity might come in different shapes or forms. Like you mentioned a couple of different businesses that you'd started or a couple of different organizations that you'd gotten involved in. Um, and I, so I guess the thing that I'm, I, I get curious about is like, is there a particular approach that you use when you are looking for opportunities or do you feel like it's more something that just kind of like downloads or comes to you in the moment? That's a really interesting question. Um, so I don't, there's never been a time when I've said, okay, it's time for a new opportunity. 
let's go see what's out there. Um, but I also, because I am fairly, and I'm, I'm going to say that I'm only semi woo woo, so hang in there with me. Um, but because I am fairly, fairly in tune with with my spiritual side, typically it is a very um, almost kind of visionary experience for me. And when an opportunity comes and I can see in a flash five years into the future and, and see what the possibility is, typically that's, that's my intuitive tell to know that I, I need to explore this more deeply. And what's exciting about being able to have the kind of company that I do is when we work with our clients, we, we become part of their company. We're doing their sales training development. We're doing their marketing, building all of their machines. We're there. And so we typically will really only take the clients that I have that kind of intuitive flash and pull for that fit our, our portfolio because I don't want to take on a client that I don't know that I can knock it out of the park for because that's my brand, right? Their success is my brand. And so in the space that I've created, it allows me to explore all of my entrepreneurial zest, um, but also really become aligned with my clients' dreams. And to be able to share and be part of that many dreams and that many success stories and, and that many moments of, of walking through the fire together is just like the most incredible gift I could ever imagine. It's, it's just the coolest thing. Yeah. It's so great too. I, the thing that I hear in that is the commitment to taking clients that you know that you can serve and being willing to say no to the people that you're not going to be able to directly benefit, which, you know, I, I can speak to from even recent experience and I can speak to from speaking to a lot of other entrepreneurs that I know, it's a hard thing to come to, to be able to, to be, to be willing to say, you know, no, I, I actually don't think it's the best case for us to work together. I actually think you should, you know, go do X, Y, and Z or refer out versus like actually waiting for and leaving space open for those like heck yes clients. Um, and I'd be curious if you, if it was the same thing for you, like, was that a process that you came to of being able to get to that place of, of really just only having space for those like heck yes clients? I think everything in, in, in small business has to be a process of getting there because just as we've witnessed in the past few weeks, everything can change in the blink of an eye. And so if I were to say that there were an exact formula for, for, for ha having space and, and having, you know, the aligned people coming through, it's not an exact formula. That's a secret, Marie. That's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you in the next, in the next okay. podcast. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it really is having a tremendous amount of, of faith that's, mm you were put here to do something really specific. And I think that, that that core of my drive to be able to make sure that no small business owner fails because they didn't have the sales or the marketing support that they needed is, is what just gets me out of bed and, and it makes, you know, makes 15 years of, of, 
80 hour weeks. Okay. Um, I've got something big that I'm, I'm trying to do. And I think it's, I think that supporting these small businesses, I know that supporting these small businesses and making these impacts means that we're going to have stronger communities and neighborhoods and families, and that we're going to be able to treat our employees right. And that we're going to be able to survive things like we're going through now and still be great to our employees, even when everything that's in the news is doom and gloom and fear. Mm -hmm. We've been building for this. This is, what, what is that great um, Joan of Arc quote? I am not afraid I was born for this. Mm. It, it really is that kind of in the fire moment for her, quite literally, for us, a little figuratively. But just there isn't a lot of fear there because this is what I was, this is what my purpose is. This is why I'm here. Yeah, it's uh, like I can hear the, it's the clarity of purpose, feeling like you're called or pulled towards something versus feeling like you're pushing into it. Um, and the thing that I really love that you shared around the community piece or, you know, the reason for focusing on small businesses is like it, it it there's so much like systemic good that can come from supporting those types of organizations to function effectively because it just means that they're going to be able to impact their community more it means that they're going to be able to grow and employ more people it means that the people that work for them are going to have a better time and feel more engaged and fulfilled and be able to take that sort of thing home to their family um, so there's like a very like systematic uh, benefit that comes from being able to support small businesses in that way. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it, it also gives us the, the clarity or the visibility to be able to align with the right team members. Because if, if your heart's not in it, if this is not a good fit for, for, for somebody's particular skill set, it becomes pretty evident, pretty clear. Because the folks that we bring on as, as part of our family, and it is a family, I've got people that have been with me for more than 12 years now, um, all over the world. If you, if, if you don't show up heart first, it kind of becomes pretty clear pretty quickly. Right. And if, if your community is not something that you're interested in, in serving, I've got a great re re referral for you. Let me, let me turn you on to some other opportunities. <laughs> Let's get you hooked up over there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, you spoke to this a little bit previously, um, but I'd, I'd be curious if, if you'd be open to talking about your relate, like the relationship that you see with spirituality or the role that spirituality plays in the business that you're building and the stuff that you're up to. So that's a really interesting question because I, I think spirituality comes into play in, in a few different ways. Um, so I was raised a uh, very strict Baptist in the middle of Las Vegas, which is right next to Salt Lake City. So you can imagine what kind of spiritual vortex that created um, as, as a young child kind of going through and absorbing all of those things. And I found out very early that I really enjoyed finding out why people thought what they thought and why they believed what they believed. And so I would read the Bible and the Book of Mormon and the Bi my Bible and the Book of Buddhism. And 
and and try to find the similarities and then the, the parts where they they pull apart. And as I progressed into my adult life and, and my views started to change a little bit, what I realized is that I wasn't as much connecting to any particular doctrine as I as I was connecting to spirit and connecting to what it was that was in me that was like other people. Mm. And so really when I think about about spirituality, for me it's the things that connect us to others. And we're all born with spirit. Like that's just part of a, the blessing of humanity. And so kind of as I as I started to get a lot more mature in my understanding of what spirit is, um, I got a lot better at attracting people that were of similar spirit, right? And so one of the things that we talk about within our organization is, listen, we speak woo-woo. It's okay with us. If, if you've got a, a spiritual concept that is way out here, we can talk to it and, and help, help make it part of a, a more comfortable lexicon. Or we can, help con- we can connect with that spiritual space, um, which is where a lot of creativity lives. Because spirit doesn't necessarily need logic in order for it to function. And a lot of the tenets of sales and marketing are based upon that experience as well. All decisions are based on emotion and then backed up with logic. Emotion is fueled by experience and spirit. And if we can't talk to emotions when we're, when we're in our sales and marketing process, if everything we, only t- everything we talk about is only the good good, and only the features and benefits, mm-hmm. really what you're doing is you're cutting yourself off from what that person's spirit needs. Mm-hmm. Whether it is the widget that is going to address something that can make their life easier, or it's the partner that's going to be able to get them out of being the roadblock in their company. Mm-hmm. None of those things are going to come up if you sit down and chart it out over and over again. Yeah. So for us, that's really how a lot of spirit comes through. And what I find is unique about that is it allows us to hold space for other people's spirit and the way that that shows up. It doesn't, listen, you don't need to be my flavor of woo-woo. I'm cool, right? And so one of our, one of our um, sales uh, class folks right now is uh, – she has a nonprofit and she's one of the foremost educators on um, how to incorporate uh, Christianity in school, in, uh, in school, not only from a curriculum point of view, but in secular schools as a way to support teachers and to be able to work with her organization and lift them up and get them where they need to be and still be able to to speak to the spirituality of a few of my other folks who are a little bit more on the woo-woo side, I think that's a really cool blessing because I can't, I can't imagine there are a lot of firms out there that are able to hold space and let people express themselves mm. in those types of ways. Yeah, it's the, the thing that I hear in that is true, like that's true partnership like partnering with someone and calling forth their genius and what they see for themselves versus going in with a solution, you know, already (laughs) mandated or, you know, articulated or whatever it is, um, which I think is really special. 
Um, and it, it, it was just so cool as you were talking, I actually had a light bulb moment. Um, you know, I, very similar to you, had a, um, I, you know, I didn't grow up religious. Uh, I, I really didn't have any sort of interaction with religion outside of, you know, some of my extended family is Catholic. Um, so I sort of came to some of my own conclusions and I went through, I went through a very hardcore atheist phase when I was in high school, uh, which has since subsided and, and I've become a lot more spiritual, but it's so interesting to see how, you know, when I look at the trajectory of my life, my spirituality, my creativity, and how I relate to logic, it's almost like the less that I've relied on quote unquote logic or just solely using my brain, the more space that's been created for creativity and for joy and for play and for, you know, all those sorts of things. And I was sharing with you a little bit before we before we started recording. I feel like these past two weeks in everything that's been happening and the stay at home orders and all that kind of stuff, like I've actually I'm actually now find myself in a place of a much more elevated sense of creativity and creating and feeling called to bring things into existence and getting, you know, downloads and and those sorts of things. So I, I just all that to say I, I love the point of looking at how you can bring more spirituality into how you do business um, as a way to be more creative in how you approach your clients and how you support them in supporting their clients. Yeah, I, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that acknowledgement very much. Um, and I think that, I think that you're absolutely right. One of the things that we've been talking a lot about is that there's no way that we're, we're not going to wake up in November and have the same world that we had in February. It's simply not a possibility. And so those that are able to be innovative and intuitive and to connect to some of the things that are bigger than they are, whatever you call it, those are going to be the people that are able to continue serving mm -hmm. in a way that, that they've been called to. And mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of power in what, the re what results from that. Is it what we, the way that we want it to get there? Absolutely not. Yeah. But one of the, you know, when you think about growing up with, with a lot of these religious stories, one of the conversations I've had with my mom is, you know, if you look at the story of Noah's Ark, we got the promise that there was never going to be a flood again, but he, mm -hmm. nobody promised that he wasn't going to shake things up. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be in a world that needs to be rebuilt. Mm. Are you a builder or are you an architect? Mm. What space do you want to step into and how are you best going to be of service as we move forward? Yeah. I love that. Um, I'd be curious from your perspective too, how you're thinking about positioning yourself in that regard, like this idea that things will be different at the end of the year and there will be different things will have changed. There will be different opportunities. It almost requires a reinvention of sorts. And I'd be curious for you, you know, how you're approaching that reinvention and also maybe how you're supporting your clients and approaching that kind of reinvention. So that's a, Big question you just asked there, my friend. Um, I would be, I think I would be foolish to say that from where I sit today, I know what that reinvention is going to look like. It's just not possible because we're not, we're not through it. And I don't think that there's, there's an understanding of what is going to need to be cared for 
once we're closer to the other side. And so when it comes to positioning, we really are relying on the, the values that we started with. Mm. And when, when you're, I really believe, and we had a great conversation with, about this with uh, Emily Lonegro from Lime Red Studio uh, last week, when you bring your organization back to its values and its core, your values don't change because the world changes. They should get more aligned mm -hmm. when the world changes because that's what you anchor to. And so if we keep stepping forward with the things that we hold dear, like love and acceptance and abundance and creativity, those are all going to be applicable to where things land. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at how we're creating sometimes of the moment strategies for our clients as they, they need to meet their market in so many different ways, that even if, even if they can't see their values in that moment, we're still holding those, that space for them and making sure that if we are going to change, we put it through the filter. And if we have to step up and say, hey, listen, this isn't aligned with, with where you were and, and, and who you were, is this, is this a reaction or is this a plan? Mm. And you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is getting out of that random acts of marketing or random acts of sales kind of experience. And yes, there are things that you can look at really quickly and say, okay, this is a place where we can realign. Do I need to, to create different packaging so that I can serve people um, that are in a place where they cannot make long-term decisions? Do, how can I make some small alterations to what it is that we provide so that we can meet people where they are? But I really want to make sure that part of this message is if there is a business decision that makes you change the values of your company, you should probably step back and think about it a little bit more or go back to a couple of your, your favorite clients and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Does this feel like the right thing? I love that so much, that checking in with um, past clients, because they'll tell you, that's uh, so awesome. Um, the, the thing that I really hear in that too is just continuing to be grounded in your values and why you started the company in the first place. It's actually, a, it's very, very similar to the work that I do with people as a coach um, in the sense that when people start working with me, it's because there's a set of commitments that they want to make in terms of what they want to create in their life. So it might be a new career or a new relationship or whatever it is. Um, but those commitments don't change over the course of our relationship together. It just might be that the circumstances change. Um, and in the broadest sense of the word, you know, especially in everything that's happening right now, the commitments that I have as a coach, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, those haven't changed. It's just the circumstances have changed. The, you know, with the pandemic and the virus and, you know, and those sorts of things. But the commitment, the thing that I'm actually looking to create for myself, that's the place to come back to and ask, is this in service of my long-term commitments or is this a reaction, you know, per your words to some sort of circumstances that have come up for me? Yeah. And it's, it's tough, especially as a solopreneur, it's tough to check in with yourself over and over because man, 
we can we can absolutely make something fit if we really want it to. We can squeeze and polish and buff, but when you're talking about your values, when you're talking about your why, intuitively, your gut is gonna is gonna start punching back, mm-hmm. and then it's your decision whether or not you listen. Mm-hmm. It's also your decision to accept those consequences or those gains, but it's it's almost like having a litmus test yeah. or am i am I staying true to who I am and why I'm here mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean there's not an opportunity in that for reinvention reinvention is a beautiful thing as long as it gets you to your higher purpose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um one of the things that we, I think we talked about this last time, actually, when you and I first connected was this idea of authenticity, like what it means to be authentic out in the world and, you know, what it also means to be authentic as a business owner. Um, and so, you know, I'd be curious, especially in light of everything that's happened recently, um, how do you see authenticity playing into the reinvention that you're doing right now as a business owner, um, you know, or just more generally, like, as you start to move forward, how does authenticity play a role in how you built your business? So I'm going to take that from just a little bit of a different bent. Um, so one of the one of the commitments that I've made um, as authenticity is one of my core values is to be willing to share my story and to share it from a place of um, to, sh- to share it from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And so for, I have a, 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 a talk that I do that's called Red Lipstick and Resilience. And it talks about my journey going through not only having everything that I ever dreamed come true, but to having all of that change the minute that Jim passed. And then the very next year, I, my best friend of 15 years passed away with no notice. And so I started talking about grief because nobody talks about grief, yeah. right? It, it's, it's almost as if it's contagious. Like if, if I touch it, I'm going to get some. And what we see now is that we are in a world that is grieving. Mm. You're, people are grieving the loss of everything from lifestyle to freedom to actual human loss to, and it's it's something that most people don't have a lexicon for, nor do they have a safe place to express that experience. And if if you can put yourself back in the position of one or two months ago and walking into a networking event and getting that glossed veneer of, hey, how's everything in your business right now? And what does everybody say? Oh, it's perfect. Oh, it's great. Everything's wonderful. And I think people aren't saying that anymore. I think, I think because we've been pushed into a space of vulnerability, we're, we're learning how to connect more authentically. And as I stay true to that, that authenticity that I had promised myself of sharing even the hardest parts of my life with other people, because no matter how much I think it's a unique story, which we all believe that we're unique little flowers on the inside, um, there are other people that have been through it 
and have not had a place to share, talk, connect, feel seen. Mm. And so for me, again, like, and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm, I'm kind of like tooting my own horn, but because authenticity has been such a core function of how we've messaged, this simply gives, gives me a greater landscape to be able to talk about grief and, and how that emotion works because a lot of people just don't understand it. And it's so different and so consuming for people. And it changes from person to person that there's almost this amazing opportunity to be able to impact people's compassion mm-hmm. and empathy because now we will have all understood grief probably long before it will impact us from losing somebody that's that close to us. So I've got, I've got extra space to be able to, to help and serve. And I'm not sure if that was the exact answer to your question, but that's how, that's how authenticity just continues to show up for me. If, if I don't hide behind a perfect veneer of I've got it all figured out, I get to have some of the most amazing conversations and growth opportunities that would have never presented themselves had I, had I put on the, the, um, the brand of having it all figured out. Yeah. There's so, there's so much power in that. Thank you for sharing that. I so agree with you around living your life from a place of authenticity and openness and just being very upfront with how things are going for you. You know, it's something that I have had, I've struggled with for a long time is this feeling like I need to put on the act of I have it figured out and I know what I'm doing and everything's fine, you know, even even when it isn't. And so I've been very lucky to, you know, get involved in different organizations and have different relationships and friendships that have given me space to be able to show up and be like, hey, I actually have no idea what's happening right now and I have no idea what I need. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, that's also okay. Um, so there's definitely something to be said for coming together in community like that and and sharing those vulnerable, intimate experiences. And, you know, I I think maybe one of the blessings in this or the silver linings in this whole situation is, like you mentioned, it's calling people forward into that space. It's almost like there's nowhere to hide now, (laughs) in a sense. And now a conversation of, hey, do I go fully into this and just open up and connect with everyone, you know, where I'm at? Or do I continue to shrink and cover up and use a veneer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. There's no place to hide. If you look at me and tell me that everything's great, I get to call bullshit and I get to do it as loud as I want to. <laughs> like that is not true. That is not accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Um, amazing. Well, so I'd be curious for you, like in your looking at your business, next steps for you, um, like what's the vision that you're working towards? Or like, what's the what's the end goal for you, if there is one? Huh. Um, so the for me, the end goal, and as I look at my organization, um, it's funny because it when Jim and I started 
I mean, and we're just talking June of 2016 is when we combined the businesses. Uh, the goal really hasn't changed, but I've had to make some allotments for time and for getting the living shit kicked out of me. Um, so really my goal for this organization is to, to grow it to a sustainable dollar figure that is very specific, but in working through my business plan, getting to that specific dollar really means the amount of people that we can serve nice. at one time or on a continuous basis. And so our growth goal is aggressive just because that's kind of how I roll. And once we hit that goal and once we've got that sustainable the sustainability of mass and internal team, Honestly, my goal is to, to hire a president to run the company so that I can go speak and go connect with people and go find more souls that need the kind of love that, that we can offer and then be able to take incredible care of them. That really is the vision that I have. And my daughter, who just turned eight uh, on Sunday and had an amazing virtual dance party, um, you know, she'll be 18 then. And that, I, I see that as like, you know what, that means that I will have worked through all of her, all of her school years. And when she's ready for college, I'll be able to go and, and travel and, and, and speak and, and hopefully bring a new message of, of love and abundance and success to people that have probably heard it before, but just need to hear it the way that I say it on that day for it to be able to open up something new for them. It's so important. It's interesting. <laughs> Sometimes when I think about, uh, you know, like self-help books or um, people who, you know, work and live in the self-help realm. And it's kind of funny because when you look at the books, you're like, a lot of these are saying the same things. Like a lot of these are yeah. saying like the same messages, mm -hmm. but the, the value in it is how it's said and the value in it is the approach that that particular person took because some people resonate with it. Some people won't. Um, like there's um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar. Uh, so one of the best selling books on Amazon, like by far. And I read it, I got like halfway through it and I was like, this just isn't my, this isn't my jam. This like just doesn't do it mm -hmm. for me. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, it's so great that, that, he's talking about these things and that people are resonating with it and reading it. Um, and there's so much to be said for sharing those sorts of experiences and sharing those sorts of stories in your own authentic, unique voice. Cause there are some people that will literally only be able to hear you only you. And it's a disservice to not share that with those people. Yeah. And I think I, you know, again, that kind of brings us back to that authenticity, right? Like if, if you're only up there to show them the pretty, Mm -hmm. you're not getting through because they can't see themselves in you. Mm. But what people do see often and unfortunately mostly in themselves are the pains, the fears, and the flaws. And by being able to or being willing to get up on a stage and say, listen, this is, this is, this is the, the path that, that I had to take. And whether it was whether it was the most glamorous, because I always wear high heels, 
or whether it was a survival mechanism to just put on my lipstick every day and keep moving. Here's all of the places that I was terrified. And here are all of the places where I don't think I was using my own legs to walk, that I know that it was my community and, and my, my family and my village around me keeping me going. And if that's where you are, if that's the thing that you don't want anybody to know about you today, mm-hmm. I can meet you there and I can hold space for you. And maybe you'll get another spark yeah. from that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, one of the questions that I like to ask people is, do you have any, um, do you have any secret dreams? Uh, like I hear the speaking and I hear the getting the company to a place where it's sustainable. Um, like any books that are to be written, any like teaching jobs, anything like fun or different that uh, that's on the bucket list? Oh, bucket lists. I listen, I, I think that there's, there's probably going to be some books and things that, that are, are in there, but that's, for me, that's not really what, what excites me. Um, I want to see the blue rooftops of Greece. I want to mm. be in Santorini and watch the curtains blow as I look out the window. I want to have moments of just sheer presence. And at, at this point, I don't know exactly where they're going to be, except for that one. Mm-hmm. But as long as I get to be there and have people around me that I love, that's, that's my bucket list. That, and I really don't like to go anywhere. I can't wear high heels. So it puts a lot of like, you know, hiking trips and stuff on hold. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, oh, it sounds like start with Greece. <laughs> we'll start so, with Greece and see where we go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so great. Amazing. Well, Marie, thank you so much for spending the time today and joining us. Um, where can folks find you online? So you can find us at, at revenue.com, which is AT Revenue. That's also our Facebook and our Insta, and you can find us on Twitter on Reve- at Revenue Chicago. And um, if you do find us, make sure that you say hi. And if there is a, sp- a, a moment of space that we can hold for you, mm. let me know. Let me know. We do a ton of free education and um, connecting and making sure that if there is any way that we can be of service, We'll figure it out and we'll find a way. Awesome. I'll drop those in the show notes as well. Uh, and then second piece is a piece of wisdom that uh, you'd want to leave the listeners with to help them elevate themselves, their communities, and the world. That's such a light question to toss at the end of a conversation <laughs> where I've used my brain super hard. Um, <laughs> You know, if there is any wisdom from what I've been through, life is going to happen all over you, whether you want it to or not. If you've got the, the strength to just get up 
and keep walking, the next gift is going to be there. But you just got to get up and keep going. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and then to close out the show, uh, Marie, are you open to me acknowledging you? I am. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> Marie, the, the first thing that I wrote down and the first thing that I want to acknowledge you for is uh, your grace and your humility. I really get that the things that you've been through and overcome haven't been easy um, or necessarily pleasant but I just so want to acknowledge you for the grace that you have in all of it and with all of it. Cause I think one of the things that it does is it allows people to see the other side of it. People can actually see then the other side of grief if they've lost someone or had something happen to them. Um, so thanks for being a leading example of that um, in your community, in your organization, in your family. Um, thanks for being so vision centric. Like it was one of the things I wrote down was visionary. Like I get that you're so clear on here is the impact that I want to create and here's the purpose that I want to serve. And it, it's so cool because it then becomes the platform for everything that you do, the organizations that you start, the businesses that you're running, the conversations that you have. Um, it then becomes, uh, I think a lot more powerful with that sort of platform to stand on. Um, thanks for your authenticity and your vulnerability. Thanks for role modeling that. I think especially now the world needs more spaces to be able to show up authentically and say, hey, I have no idea what the hell is happening <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing and nothing's working. You know, please help me. Um, so thanks for holding space for those people. Um, thanks for living, and this is total acknowledgement, thanks for living a counterintuitive life in a sense from a from the basis of being committed to loving people powerfully and from a leader-oriented position and bringing that into business. Um, I'm a huge believer and a huge fan of shifting that paradigm. Um, and so I'm just really grateful that there are folks out like you in the community who are doing that work. Um, and thanks for just being a leader. Thanks for being a leader of the Belly Dancers Union. Thanks for being a leader in <laughs> the Chicago community now um, in the work that you're doing with your clients. Um, I, I have no doubt um, that they're going to just be so much better on the other side of this because of working with you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that tremendously. And I also just want to acknowledge you for the, the spaces that you create and the you can truly see what your values are by the people that are attracted to to you. And the fun thing is, is a lot of the people that you mentioned, I have great relationships with already. Um, and it, it's it says a lot about um, about the the person that you are and how you show up. That those are the people that are attracted to your life. Thanks, Marie. Thank you. Thanks so much for being on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this show and want to stay up to date on new episodes or other special offers, I'd invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if there's ever anything I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. See you next time.